All right, everybody, welcome back once again. I'm Don Seifert. It's the Dr. Tree Fruit and Don podcast. This is our ninth fruit bite. I'm here with Dr. Carrie Peters. Say hi, Carrie. Hello. And you have an update for yourself and Dr. Shoup. Is that correct? That is correct. We are nearing the end of the season. The light is officially at the end of the tunnel. We've gotten crisp fall air and crisp fall mornings occurring already. I don't know about you. Was, we had a little bit of frost this morning. So with that in mind, I wanted to make sure that we got out a few bits of uh, nuggets of wisdom to um, have folks keep in mind about what they need to be thinking about as we near the end of the season. Because yes, disease management doesn't stop once you pick the fruit off the tree. There's still a few things you need to do in the orchard um, before you winterize your equipment. Um, so a couple couple items from the disease side of things and also the horticultural side of things. So first, let's talk about the horticultural side. So I um, had a short chat with Dr. Jim Shoup this morning to get some information as far as what growers should be thinking about right now horticulturally. And really what should be on their mind right now is weeds, weeds in the orchard. And so, uh, you know, oftentimes people, this is always at the last thing on their list, and it usually slips from their priorities at the start of the season. So now is the time to sort of get started for next year. So Jim recommends mowing and cleaning up and doing a good fall weed control program. So he mentioned 2,4-D and Chateau being used. Uh, you know, as far as getting your weeds under control right now um, underneath the trees, this will also be good for voles, controlling for voles this winter, because uh, you want to disturb that habitat that they will, you know, will basically take advantage of if you have a lot of debris and, um, you know, overgrown weeds occurring underneath uh, your trees. The other thing Dr. Shoot mentioned was applying your micronutrients. And he says, um, this is important, especially if you know you may be a little off on some micronutrients like copper or zinc. And this is a good time to apply because if you have fruit off your tree, finally, you don't have to worry about, um, you know, any issues as far as like fruit finish or, you know, any issues with your fruit. So the fruit are off the tree. So now is the time to be applying your um, micronutrients. Okay, so that's basically, that's the short update for horticultural um, nuggets of wisdom. As far as the disease side of things, uh, the couple items to for your radar um, as we are kind of approaching the end of the season is, again, as I mentioned earlier, sanitation, 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 sanitation. This is the easiest and most straightforward thing you can do to start mitigating disease problems next year. Uh, so first thing we need to be talking about is apple scab and marcinina blotch or apple blotch. So these are predominantly leaf diseases. And this really wasn't, let me back up, before um, this year, uh, depending on where you lived, Apple scab may or may not have been a problem. Really wasn't down here a big issue in South Central Pennsylvania. But regardless, uh, it's always good to sort of get rid of those leaves that could be on the you know orchard floor. Uh, and this is especially important for Marcinina blotch. Marcinina blotch or apple blotch is firmly established in Pennsylvania. Just about every orchard that I go into, I see it. Uh, and so, and we do know that those overwintering spores do come from those leaves that hang around much like scab does. So what can you do? 
the biggest easiest thing you can do is urea applications and a, uh, using a flail mower to mow the leaf litter uh, so you you want to time your urea applications as close to the leaf drop as possible because the way that the urea works it it breaks down the leaves by adding that extra nitrogen and it stimulates the growth of those beneficial microbes after the leaves have fallen to the ground um, and so just using straight urea, this will reduce your inoculum source by 50 to 80 percent. If you use a flail mower to chop up the leaves, that's going to reduce that by 95 percent. Now, you can use your flail mower either in the fall or in the spring. So if you don't get around to it in the fall, that's OK. You can go and clean things up in the spring. So what you want to do with urea is uh, ideally using 40 pounds of feed grade urea in 100 gallons of water. So it's a 5% solution. And then spraying 100 gallons um, per acre, uh, per orchard acre. And so feed grade urea is recommended because the ease of dissolving in warm water. Um, but some people don't like using uh, feed grade urea. So if you don't use feed grade urea, you want to make sure your nitrogen comes from an ammonium source. Um, good coverage is important and because you want that, you know, urea source to be able to, um, to be absorbed by the leaves. And it's okay if you're spraying your solution on the orchard floor after the leaves have fallen. So this is perfectly okay. Uh, and again, shredding the leaves will just aid in the breakdown even further. Uh, there's really no good reason to keep your leaves, <laughs> to keep the leaves around um, well into next season. So again, disease management of the, that leaf litter is very important. Uh, one thing to mention, this always comes up, is that, you know, many growers, uh, they are worried about the adverse effects of speeding up the defoliation of your trees late in the fall. And there's questions about the effect of hardiness. And so uh, what Dr. Jim Shoup has mentioned, um, and he basically gave me this nice little, um, you know, several sentences to explain all this. And he mentions that the leaves sense shortening daylight and chilling, which triggers a process that leads to dormancy. So defoliating too soon can remove the organ that senses and triggers dormancy. Also, the tree needs carbohydrate reserves to maintain hardiness through the winter. And numerous stories about overcropped and or underharvest or unharvested trees being winter killed bear this out. And this follows that if one defoliates the trees too soon, the reserve carbohydrates and hardiness may be lost. And um, Dr. Shoup had worked on the effects of fall foliar urea and defoliation on tree hardiness when he was at the Cornell Hudson Valley Lab. And he said that sprays that were done in late October to empire trees, and um, this was two sprays of, of urea at 50 pounds per acre, um, did not affect the hardiness. And he said defoliation affected the hardiness, um, but the loss of that midwinter hardiness was very, very slight. And so he said once a leaf has performed the functions of sensing the end of the growing season and producing reserve carbohydrates, the leaves have little more to do um, to with the hardiness. So he mentions about waiting for the first frost before scheduling your defoliation. And he said late harvested cultivars like Pink Lady should be given a couple of weeks after harvest to accumulate those carbohydrates before defoliation. So those are just a few comments about, you know, um, defoliating trees in the late fall and also adding urea as well. Uh, another, so let's shift into stone fruit. 
So cherry leaf spot uh, is a really important disease on sour cherries. It's just like apple scab in the sense that the fungus overwinters in the leaves uh, from season to season. So again, you could use the urea method for breaking down those um, leaves to prevent that uh, overwintering inoculum from being a problem next year. Uh, so that's pretty important. And I know cherry leaf sprout is alive and well in Adams County. And you can always pick out the sour cherry leaves or sour cherry trees because typically those trees are already losing leaves in late August and early September. So just be mindful of, of, of basically cherry leaf spot management. And the last disease I want to mention is peach leaf curl. So this is a really straightforward disease to control, but people get hung up on controlling it effectively. So let's start with the very basics of this disease. The peach leaf curl fungus lives in the buds of the tree. The only way to get to the fungus that's living in the buds is if there are no leaves on the trees. Now I'm talking total defoliation, not partial defoliation, not 50% defoliation, not leaves that still have, or I should say not branches that still have leaves on the tips. If you have a severe peach leaf curl issue, all of the leaves need to be off the tree. And typically copper is a good fungicide, you know, basically a general biocide to use, but I know some people have struggled with getting copper to be used effectively. Now I'm not quite sure why. It could be timing as in not waiting for all of the leaves to fall off, um, or it, they may have um, put it on too late, if, especially if it's done in the spring and you had some bud swell late winter, which can happen on those early cultivars when we have those warm-ups that may occur in June or, or February, or, I'm sorry, January or February, where the temperature shoots up to like 75 degrees, and it usually happens in the middle of the winter meeting swings in February, that can be enough to cause some bud swell. And enough that's enough bud swell to protect the spores, which then can cause peach leaf curl. So make sure that all the leaves are off the tree. Do it before, ideally do it in the fall, because that way there's no risk of bud swell occurring. But if you do wait until the late winter, make sure you do it before any spring warm-ups occur. So you have a lot of options, um, copper, chlorothalonil, xyram, um, you know, there's, you know, lots of different general biocides that are out there. If you struggled with peach leaf curl, and you can't seem to get it under control, you may want to do it twice. You may want to do it in the fall, you may want to do it before bud swell in the spring. But again, the key to peach leaf curl control is making sure all of the leaves or off the tree. There's no ifs, ands, or, um, or buts about it. All the leaves have to be off the tree in order to expose those fungal spores that are living in the buds. And so the last thing I'll just mention, because I think that people forget about this, is weather station maintenance. Uh, you know, as things are slowing down uh, and you have a weather station on your farm, it's a good idea to pay attention to it, to make sure that it's still functioning, it's still doing what it's supposed to do, and also that you get ready for next year as well. So some general guidelines to follow is one is, first of all, let's talk about the rain gauge. Uh, if you're noticing any issues with rain gauge or rain amounts, check to see if your rain gauge has any debris in it. So you want to clean out your rain gauge. 
Uh, and you want to make sure that you actually do this in the fall several times during the season because as the leaves are falling, you know, the leaves get blown around. It's always good to do just monthly checks to make sure that you're clearing out the rain gauge. Um, keeping the solar radiation sensor clean by removing any debris from the top of the sensor and wipe off using a damp cloth. Uh, again, removing any accumulated dirt or debris from the temperature and humidity sensor. If you notice anything um, that appears off or values are missing, uh, this, this would be a good idea, a good place to start first. But if you really have issues and you can't do it just by simply cleaning, it's a good idea to also contact the company. Um, check the anemometer, um, anemometer, <laughs> the wind gauge, right, to make sure that it's operating uh, correctly. So uh, the anemometer and the weather vane should be moving freely in all directions. Uh, so this, and if you, if there's issues that occur, it could be due to dirt accumulation or something wrong with the bearings. But again, if there's serious problems, contact the company, whoever your weather station is. Leaf wetness sensors um, should be observed for any damage or corrosion. Uh, you may have to replace leaf wetness sensors. And I know this, this occurs. How I know that there's leaf wetness, leaf wetness issues is that if it's been a dry week and it tells me that there has been a scab infection period for seven days in a row, <laughs> that's how I know there's leaf wetness um, sensor issues. And then um, finally, it's always good to double check the accuracy of your equipment. And the way we do this at FREC is that we will compare to other stations on our site, but we'll also compare with weather stations that are close to next door. So we've got a farm, a commercial farm next door that we always will double check to see how close or how far off our values are. Um, so there's many resources on YouTube um, for maintenance guidelines, but also, um, you know, look into your specific brand as well. And also as just as another shout out for NUA, that's the Network for Environmental Weather Applications that Cornell hosts. Uh, this is, um, you can have a, a weather station that is essentially tied to NUA to be on your farm so you can have it on the map there. Um, if you want more information, go to the NUA website, which is newa.cornell.edu. And if this is something that you're interested in having on your farm, I am the NUA coordinator for Pennsylvania. So if you have any questions, even how to start, feel free to contact me uh, uh, and um, kap22 at psu.edu. I'll be happy to help you out. That'll be a good winter project for folks before they start the spring um, so but other than that um just to recap weed control this fall don't let your don't let the weeds um, don't forget about the weeds in your orchard um, micronutrients applications be thinking about sanitation as far as as far as using urea or leaf mowing or both or flail mowing I'm sorry to chop up the leaves and to get rid of those overwintering leaves for next year uh, for numerous diseases, uh, peach leaf curl. Wait until all of the leaves are off the peach and nectarine trees before you decide to control for that disease. Uh, and then finally, don't forget about your weather station. Show your weather station some TLC this fall. Um, so, Don, did I forget anything? No, you pretty much covered it. I'll just add that uh, for those of you that are going to need pesticide credits, uh, we will have a schedule for the Mid-Atlantic Fruit and Vegetable Convention coming up pretty soon. 
Uh, I know even though Dr. Crassweller's retired, he's working really hard on that. Uh, and we're all working hard alongside with him. Um, and we will have a winter meeting schedule coming up. So you should get plenty of credits pretty soon. Yeah. So. And, and word on the street is next year is a big year for renewals. So <laughs> we've been warned that we may have a, a lot of people showing up to our meetings. So um, I think next year, yeah, people are going to be needing a lot of credits if if they aren't already caught up. So there we go. Just keep an eye out. You'll get plenty of emails, I'm sure. Um, and if you need anything else, uh, you know, always feel free to reach out to any of us. See you later. Bye, Thanks everybody. for listening.